Hello. Thank you for listening to the sermon from our Revive service. We hope it helps you learn more about God and allows you to grow closer to Him and in your faith. Good morning, West Hill family and friends. We're so glad that you've joined us today. I want to encourage you um, and thank you, all of you who are mothers. Happy Mother's Day, special day today. I'm just excited that uh, we can join together. I know the background is a little bit different. We just tried something up this week. Um, change it and see how it goes. So hopefully it doesn't uh, distract you and I hope that you're encouraged as we meet together. I want to start this morning by reading a psalm to you, Psalm 146, and this will tie into um, what we're going to cover in a little bit in Acts chapter 4. Uh, so if you have your Bibles and you can turn to, with them, um, turn to them, um, turn to Act, or Psalm 146 with me, and we're going to read uh, Psalm 146 together and encourage you to join me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob and whose hope is in the Lord his God, who has made heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. It's exciting to be able to praise and honor uh, our great God, the creator of all things. And so this morning, I want to encourage you uh, to sing out your heart to him, to give him the praise and honor and the adoration that he deserves. So this morning, would you pray with me? Would you bow your heads? Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for our mothers and how special they are to us. Lord, it is a blessing. Lord, and I know that even with the joy of Mother's Day, there are many who are hurting. And Mother's Day brings uh, a hardship, a sorrow in their minds and in their hearts. Lord, I pray that, that today would be a day that we can celebrate. We can celebrate you, the God of all creation, the one who is in control and in charge of all things. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. May you, may you wrap your arms around those who may be struggling this day. This psalm tells us, Lord, that not only are you the God of all creation, but also, Lord, you are a father to the fatherless. You love those who are in despair. You care for everyone who is in need. Lord, thank you that we can trust in you and we can depend upon you. And so we do. And we pray that you would be honored and that you would be glorified today through our actions, through our attitude, through all that we say and do. We want to bring you glory, God. We love you and we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Enjoy this time of worship together. All right. Well, thank you, Andrew and Susan and all of their children. We so much appreciate all the hard work that Andrew, you, and Susan have put into uh, leading us as we sing and worship our great God um, during these last nine weeks. It's just been uh, awesome to be able to still do that um, even as we gather. Um, just a couple 
uh, updates, couple announcements just to let you know. First is to be praying for Grover Nelson. Uh, I got a, I received a call last uh, yesterday afternoon um, that Grover had fallen and hit his head, and so he was taken to uh, Akron General. Uh, was uh, awake and alert at that time, and so they kept him overnight just to observe um, and see what was going on. So be praying for Grover and uh, for his care and for his protection. Also want to um, first again say Happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers, and uh, I know that this day is uh, a good day, a day of celebration, um, but I also understand and know that Sometimes this day is a day of hardship uh, where it's a reminder for some of you um, of a mother that maybe wasn't as kind or wasn't as gentle or as loving as what some of us have been able to experience. So I understand that and acknowledge that and know that, uh, that, that this day may be a little bit harder for you as well. But we want to honor our mothers and we want to thank you. Uh, the Lord for each of them and their role in our lives. I want to thank the Lord for each of the ladies in our church. Uh, even if you didn't have children or don't have children, um, you have an important role. And that role at our church is to nurture and to care for our children. And, and that is evident that you're doing that and doing that really, really well. So thank you, uh, ladies. You are uh, awesome. And we appreciate you so, so very much. I want to also give a shout out to... Uh, Angelo and Rose Crapanzano. Today is their 68th wedding anniversary. Uh, they were they were wedded together in 1952, and uh, just amazing, 68 years. So congratulations to uh, Angelo and Rose, and we hope you guys have a great great day. I sent out an email yesterday concerning uh, where we are and how we're headed as we walk through uh, this season and this time of, uh, of worship and as we gather and uh, different modes and different ways. Um, and so please, if you did not receive that, please uh, let us know. Send an email to church at westhillbaptist.com. Uh, and again, we'll get that information to you. If you did not receive that email, uh, please um, please send us an email uh, or a text. You can send it to, uh, uh, to church at westhillbaptist.com and let us know. In that email, we just kind of lay out where we're headed next week, next Sunday, we'll continue to do a live stream. Um, we did that before, uh, the, the close down, the shutdown, um, and we'll continue to do that after. We praise the Lord for the technology to be able to do that. Um, we're looking to make some improvements this week of doing that, of what it looked like before, um, as we have purchased a new camera, and we hope to have that and to have that installed this week. And so that will help um, you at home to be able to have a better view of what's going on up on stage, and uh, and hopefully that that will help you feel just the closeness that we've been able to share here on a weekly basis. That you'll have a little bit of that uh, more uh, than what we had before on a weekly basis. So we are opening up next uh, Sunday, um, May seventeenth. Um, if you are part of the vulnerable population, let me encourage you um, to please, please stay home. Uh, we don't want you to get sick. We don't want anything to happen to you. We care about you. We love you. 
we are not going to throw a big party without you. Um, and so let me encourage you that you take the right steps um, to help make sure that you're healthy. And, uh, and if you aren't feeling well, we want to encourage you to stay home. And that's not because we don't love you. Uh, we do love you. We care about you. And, uh, and so we want to be sensitive as we walk through this time um, to those who are more vulnerable and also to those who uh, just may not be comfortable coming out yet. And I just want to let you know that that's okay. Um, what you're going to hear and see uh, through the camera and through the video is what everybody's going to see and hear as they come into the facility here at West Hill. And so you're not going to miss out on anything. We want to continue to include you, uh, but we want to start this process. And so we'll be moving from phase one, as I've laid out, to phase two. And uh, just having revived service, that's the, our next step as we go through this, uh, through these stages and through this season. And so we'll look forward to walking through that. And uh, you'll probably get a video from me uh, update later on in the week so that you can be, uh, again, well-informed and know what that's going to look like as you get ready to come in for those who are able and wanting to join us next Sunday. Um, we will go back to our normal time as well. We kind of moved it back from 10.15 to 10.30 um, during this, uh, these last nine weeks. We're going to go back to 10.15. Um, so you'll want to make sure that you, you tune in at about 10.10. 10, and, then, uh, and then that way you have everything all set up and ready to go. And we'll start our service promptly at 10.15. Um, this week will kind of be my last week um, preaching teaching as long as I want. I've kind of gone week by week as the Spirit has led, and uh, so I haven't been as sensitive uh, to time. Uh, next week, we will be a little bit more sensitive to time, especially having um, uh, just people back in the pew and with families not having nursery or children's church. We want to be sensitive to that, and so uh, with that, I, I will be a little bit more um, brief, and so uh, just want to let you know that. That's not saying that I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to cut off whatever the Spirit is leading or wanting to do. Uh, I think the Spirit still leads when we prepare, but we're preparing to make sure that our service is no longer than an hour long next week. So we just want to let you know that, just want you to be informed. And so uh, for those of you who are at home and it's been hard uh, to listen to the whole sermon or to be a part of the whole service because you have children or other distractions, um, just, just know that's okay. Uh, God understands there's no pressure, no pressure for me. I'm not checking up on you. Um, I, I love you and care about you. Um, but if you feel like you need to turn it off and go do something else, uh, then then you do that. But you are part of our family here at West Hill. We love you. We're, we're appreciative. Um, I'm so appreciative of you tuning in each week and being a part of our worship to God and our learning and understanding. If you have your Bibles, if you would, turn with me to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 4. We're going to continue our study here this morning as we walk through through this uh, book. Uh, we come to a part now where uh, it's a follow-up of the follow-up. And so last week we looked at how Peter and John uh, were thrown into jail. Uh, they were brought before the religious leaders and in that, uh, that um, arraignment or that uh, judicial um, uh, part that they were thrown before, um, 
they were left with with an understanding that they were not cast back into jail. There was no other punishment. The religious leaders, because of the crowd and the impact that the healing of this lame man had upon the crowd, the religious leaders uh, decided just to chastise them and tell them they were no longer to speak the name of Jesus and they were no longer to preach about him, to tell about him. And so now we have a follow-up of, of that after this lame man has been healed um, and the religious leaders didn't like it, so they, they, uh, they captured John and Peter, they arrested them, put them into prison, um, then put them on trial, and, uh, and then they've let them go. We're going to pick it up in chapter 4 and uh, verse 23. And we're going to read through this text, and then we'll kind of walk back through it. Um, shorter, shorter part today as we walk through uh, 23 through 31. So Acts chapter 4, verses 23 through 31. So read with me if you would. And when they were released, they went on to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they had heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why do the Galatians rage, and why the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined uh, to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak to your word, to speak your word with all boldness, while you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for your, your word. Thank you that it's much, much more than just a textbook. Lord, it is your living word. It, it comes from you, Lord, uh, from your spirit who has moved in holy men and who recorded what you described and what you prescribed and what you wanted. Um, Lord, thank you that we can read it and study it. Thank you that churches today uh, in, in America and across the globe have the great and wonderful privilege of proclaiming your truth. And Lord, I pray that you would bless uh, our churches in the area. May you protect them and watch over them. We thank you for those who are gospel-centered, who are preaching the word, and may you May you bless them and strengthen them and protect them, Lord. Thank you for our West Hill family and friends who have gathered today. I pray that you would bless each one, and I pray that as we dig into the word, that your, your spirit would go before us and that you would work in us. Teach us and show us, Lord, what you have and what you desire for us to learn today. We love you, and we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we come to this text, and we see that they're released, and as... Uh, Peter and John are released, and we see um, earlier that the, the lame man was with them. Um, he probably wasn't thrown in jail because he had done nothing wrong. He, he was guilty by association because here he was with them, and then all of a sudden he was healed. But I can just imagine him coming with Peter and John and the other apostles, 
and they they all get together. Peter and John get there, and they it says that they met with their friends. It says they were released. They went to their friends, and they reported what the chief priests and the elders had said. So how did Dr. Luke get all the information in order to write what he has written? It's because uh, firsthand account. It's because here Peter and John are telling the apostles and, and other followers what has just happened. And so I can just imagine uh, Dr. Luke hearing these, the, these stories, seeing uh, some of what has gone on and transpired, but not knowing all of the inner workings. But then here comes uh, uh, Peter and John, and they say, hey, this is what happened, and this is what they said. And, and, and Dr. Luke just writing it down led by the Holy Spirit for us to have it today. And so we see here they've gathered together. And, and, and I wonder, uh, when we think about the responses of, of uh, hardship, of persecution, uh, who do you run to? Where do you run to? Uh, do you have friends that you can run to and that you hold to who will help encourage you, help edify you, to build you up? Here the, the apostles had that. They had a circle. They had a group of people who were knitly, knit together close. And so uh, they run to each other and, and they, they start describing what has happened. So they go to their friends and they report. Uh, and then it says that, that when they heard it, Verse 24, when they had heard it, they lifted their voices together to God. So in response, as the others hear these reports together, it says, united, knitted together uh, their voices to God. They prayed. And as we walk through each day of our life, do, do, we, do we first, do we have a circle of of believers, of friends who are going to help steer us and direct us in the right way, who oftentimes we just need somebody to listen to us. Do you have that? And then secondly, do you do, what do you do with that group of friends? Uh, again, I think sometimes we're just echo chambers where we just bounce things off of each other and nothing ever gets accomplished. I think it's critical as Christ followers that as we come together and as we share what God is doing in our lives, the blessings, but also the hardships, that we go united together to God. That That is the source of our power, the source of our strength. And so we see here in verse 24, they heard it, they lifted their voices together. Uh, that word together is the same term uh, that we see back in chapter 1 and verse 14. When they all gathered in the upper room, they gathered together. There's a knit, a closeness, a, a knit togetherness of this group. And, uh, and I would like to say, I, I hope and I pray that that's us at West Hill, that we're knit together. Uh, again, we are people who have many faults. We're not perfect. But the body of Christ knit together through Jesus, through his shed blood, um, because of his care and because of his love for us. So they come to God and they say, uh, they pray this, and they start with sovereign Lord. And in this term, um, we see, as, as Luke records, this group is really going to kind of reference and push us towards the Psalms. It helps us to see that as they were gathering and studying the word, 
they they would go back and use the word of God as their means of of worship, their means of living, their means of of going even in prayer, of going back to God. They would use the Psalms as their source. It's nothing new for us today. We have the full, complete canon, the Word of God, the Old Testament, New Testament together. They had the Old Testament during this time. The New Testament wasn't written yet. And yet they would go to what God had given them in the Psalms, and they would pull out the truths of those Psalms, and they would, they would live them out. They would speak them. They would explain them in light of something different. The Jewish uh, people and the religious leaders of that time who would gather at the temple were continually teaching the Old Testament, especially the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. It was the law. Um, and in that, the law and then the prophets and the Psalms, these were continual teachings that were happening even before Jesus came. Well, what's different now is that Jesus has come. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law, of the prophets, of the Psalms. Jesus has now uh, cast new light upon the text. And as they read it and study it, the word of God, they're beginning to understand this Jesus and how he changes everything. And so it, it's neat when you start to look at this, uh, this prayer uh, and why I read Psalm 146 to start us off, because this beginning part really has a reference to that psalm, Psalm 146. It's a reference to the creator God uh, who is o over and in charge of all things. And so what's really cool is we see a beginning, a start here, sovereign Lord. And, and this is a, a call to an omnipotent ruler. One who is in control and over all things. And that he has authority over all. So he is not only sovereign, but he is the Lord. And so in this, it's a, it's a call through Psalm 146 of looking at who God is. And so as they're, they're praying, they begin their prayer acknowledging who God is. It's a good model for us as we begin praying. Do we just rush into our list of things? Oh, God, we need your help. Or, oh, Lord, thank you for, for giving me this. Or how do, we, how do we reference God? How do we come before him? I think this is a good model, again, that we see throughout Scripture of acknowledging uh, the character of who God is, creator and Lord. And so as we see this, the sovereign Lord who has made. We see this phrase, um, sovereign Lord who has made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. They acknowledge that not only are they is the Lord sovereign and Lord master over their life, he is also the creator of everything. And so they don't leave anything out. As, as they pray, uh, again, a reference back to Psalm 146, we see that, that there's a call who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. There, there's nothing left out. You've got the heavens, the stars, uh, the planets, the universe, uh, the earth, and everything that's in it. So you've got the cows and the horses and the zebras and the giraffes. And then you have the seas, you have the whales and the fish and, and, and everything that's in them, the turtles. So God is creator of all things. He is sovereign Lord. I just want to pause real quick and ask you, 
you may know or, or even in your mind believe that God is sovereign Lord, but do you really believe that? Do you really believe that God has created all things? I think this is a critical aspect of our life as we walk into faith uh, with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's not good enough just to acknowledge it. It's not good enough just to acknowledge that there is a creator. I believe as we walk with him, we must not only acknowledge, yes, there is a creator, but that we believe it, that it controls our very soul. Because from that truth, we can find rest, we can find peace, we can find understanding, even in the midst of chaos, that there is a sovereign Lord who has created all things, who's placed it all here. And so we see these believers as they're praying, sovereign Lord who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, So now they're going to go back and reference another psalm, Psalm 2, which is a psalm that has been used for for the coming of the Christ, of the Messiah. It's a messianic uh, psalm. And here they're going to reference Psalm 2. But before we dig into that, I I just want to, again, help us to understand they're in a Jewish culture in Jerusalem dealing with new believers and as they're as they're praying and meeting they're not only praying and 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 talking to the Lord they're also allowing the spirit to to help them understand and be educated with the truth of who God is and so with this uh, they reference through David and so the terminology here is important uh, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant. And and you're going to see this term, your servant, in a couple more times, but it's going to be different. And we're going to look at that in a minute, but but don't lose sight of that, your servant. You're going to hear that in a little bit. The mouth of your father David, your servant, who said by the Holy Spirit, again, acknowledging, they're praying, they're acknowledging that David was moved by the Holy Spirit, that David spoke, what God wanted him to speak. Again, great comfort, great peace as we think about God and how he works and how he talks through uh, human elements and human people to display and to communicate his truths. If you would, hold your place there in Acts and flip over with me to Psalm 2 because I want to read Psalm 2 and and then walk through this as, as, uh, as we go back to then Acts and Peter and the apostles as they um, read, as they, as they pray it, as they pray Psalm 2. So Psalm 2, let's read it. It says, Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cord from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. There he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree, the Lord said to me. You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage, and the ends of the earth your possession. 
You break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, O kings, be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. When you read that text, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great uh, aspect of looking at a couple things. We come at it from a perspective of seeing that uh, this text talks about the Messiah, about the coming Messiah. Um, it was also probably um, a royal psalm, meaning that this psalm uh, may have been used uh, when, uh, when a king um, is, is uh, brought before the people. And in that coronation, um, they may have read this psalm. It may have been a psalm that, that David recorded. And, and we see again um, the apostles giving credit to David uh, for this psalm. So being spoken by the Spirit, we see this text talking about the Messiah, probably a royal psalm, meaning it was used in a coronation for the king of Israel. And then also it's a prayer, it's a, it's a, a promise um, of God's deliverance for his people and for, these, for this new king who was being established by God, that God was going to protect them from the enemies, from the nations that would surround them. Um, it has some hint going back to Second Samuel. That when you start looking at Hezekiah and Hezekiah's prayer, uh, as recorded in Second Samuel uh, chapter thirty-seven, verses sixteen through twenty. So it's interesting. Again, as the apostles are praying, the, the leaders of the church are praying. They, we see a clear picture. They're referencing the Old Testament scriptures. I had a professor who once told me, in order to understand the New Testament, you have to understand the Old Testament. I, I believe that is so true for us today. And so don't just throw out the Old Testament. We need it as we try to understand what is being communicated and what's being said here in the New Testament. So let's read this section as they're praying it now in Acts chapter 4. Um, it's being prayed um, by the, this group of apostles, of leaders, as they gather together, acknowledging it comes from the father, uh, their father David, who spoke through the Holy Spirit. We'll pick it up at the middle of verse 25. Why did the Galatians rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and rulers were gathered together against the Lord and his anointed. When we look at this, there's a couple things that we see. Uh, first, I, I think this is this is not a lament. Uh, this isn't a lament of of why why God did you put these these leaders and 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 they're they're raging against us. No, I think it's it's a it's not a lament. It's actually a declaration. Uh, it, it speaks of the, the mindset of these other nations and their thoughts about how they are approaching God and God's people. So let's look at it in that sense. Why did the Galatians rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. It's almost like 
David, when he wrote it in Psalm 2, had said, why do you think that you would be, that you would be so arrogant and, and so haughty to think that you could rise up against the Lord and against his anointed, that you were going to win, that you would win any battle against the Lord's anointed. Today, as Christ followers, we have a great, great blessing and great hope that the God who was uh, the, the father of, uh, of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God who led the nation of Israel, the God who who had David record uh, these, ver- these verses, these words, is the same God that, that loves us, that has demonstrated his love as Christ came and died for us. That same God, we can take a hold of these principles and know that physically we can have harm done to us. But spiritually, what? What can somebody do to us? And, and Paul talks about that in, in, in his letter to the Romans. Listen, as we walk through days, we can easily be distracted by the physical aspects of this life. We can be tormented. We can, we can be, have our, 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 our rights or our things taken away. But there is something that no one can take away. And that thing is our relationship with God, our love for him and his love for us that spans beyond this time in the physical earthly realm. That that eternal relationship, nobody can touch. Nobody can touch the peace that we can have when we look to uh, the sovereign Lord of our life. Nobody can take away those rights and the privileges of God calling us his children. And so as the, the group is praying this prayer from Psalm 2, um, they've gathered together. And, 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 and in gathering, they've now uh, used this term uh, from Psalm 2 as well. The rulers were gathered together. Well, they're going to reference that same term in verse 27. For truly in this city, there were gathered together against your holy servant whom you anointed What's interesting is uh, as they're praying to the Lord, they're like, okay, here is the nations that have, that have gathered together. And they're using these same terms that they're using in Psalm 2 to now as they're praying their pray their prayer. For truly in this city, they were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus. Here's the term that I was talking about earlier. Uh, it's talked about the servant, David. Now, David was was uh, viewed as uh, the best um top number one uh, king of all time, all right? So David was the top, kind of as we're, as some are watching uh, the film on the Bulls, the Chicago Bulls right now, and looking at Michael Jordan and the debate about who's the greatest basketball player. Well, David has always been viewed as the greatest king, and yet the terminology used here is very, very clear. David doesn't equate to Jesus, Jesus is the Messiah. And so in this, your holy servant, the one that has been set apart, distinct from every other servant, your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. And so that there's a call back to view verse 26 and the truths of Psalm 2 apply as they're praying them here. Great, great truths. So now they're, as they're praying, 
they're going to bring in some of the past. And they're going to bring up Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do what to do whatever your hand and your plan have predestined uh, to take place. They don't come out and say it, but what they're essentially saying is there are some key people who have been a part of this, both Jewish and non-Jewish, other nations, again, referencing Psalm 2, there are, there are nations that have gathered to execute a plan. That plan was to crucify Jesus. But in their prayer, they acknowledge who was in charge of that plan. As we walk through each day of our lives, we can have the confidence to know that no matter what takes place in our life, God is in charge. God has control. He is sovereign Lord. And so as we walk through this, the prayer, their prayer acknowledging that God, hey, you had a plan and you had predestined that. You executed that plan. You knew what that plan was going to be even before it took place. And so all of these key people who had a responsibility, who had free will and who made these decisions and choices, even though in that they had those free choices and decisions, that was part of God's plan that they were going to choose to crucify Jesus. And so in that, the Lord's anointed them desiring to kill off this Messiah. It didn't happen. It says, and now. So after praying all of that, acknowledging who God is, that he is sovereign Lord, who praying this uh, psalm in, in, into their lives and before them in the truths, acknowledging who God is, they, they, they then go into their request. Uh, it says, and now, uh, and now, Lord, look upon their threats. These people who have, who have uh, set themselves against us. Not only uh, was, it, uh, was it before the, 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 the leaders, the Herod, Pontius Pilate, amongst the Gentiles and the people of Israel, not only do you have these rulers, but now they're acknowledging, hey, these other religious leaders who we were just in jail, who we were before them, and, and giving account of why we healed this lame man, they say, look upon their threats and grant to your servant to continue, your servants to continue to speak. Let me pause there again. Look upon us. It's a call to say, Lord, we're here. Look upon us. Don't forget about us. We see that all throughout the Psalms too. This is psalmist praise. Lord, would you look upon us? Would you look down upon us? It's not that God doesn't look down upon us. It's, it's a reminder to help us to say, Lord, we, we, we want to, to acknowledge. We want to also be reminded that you're looking down at us. We, we need to sense that. We want to feel that, Lord. We know that you are sovereign, Lord. You're in control of all things. But, Lord, we need that sense of peace, that sense of comfort. And so as they do this, now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants. I want to pause here for a moment because I think this is very fitting. This term is very fitting for where we're at right now. This term is called a bondservant. A bondservant is someone who was a, a slave who gave up all of their, their rights and who chose to follow their master. It would often be symbolized um, during uh, some of the biblical times 
if you were a slave to someone, you had no rights, no privileges. As a bondservant, you gave up the right to be free, and you chose to be under uh, your master. And so that would be shown by the piercing of your ear. You would pierce your ear. They would pierce, pierce their ear with an earring that would show, okay, this person has subjected themselves to the authority of their master by, by their own free will. They've chosen to do that. And so they've chosen to give up their own freedom, their own rights in order to do that. This is the same picture that we see the Apostle Paul as he starts many, many of his letters uh, with this phrase. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Here, as the believers, the early church is, is praying and asking the Lord to look down upon them. Uh, here... It says, hear these threats, look upon these threats, and grant to your servants, to your bond servants, to continue to speak. Allow us to continue to speak is what they're asking. I think in the midst of everything that is going on in our nation and even around the globe, there are great freedoms that we get to enjoy. We get to enjoy these freedoms in America, and I do not want to make light of them. Listen, listen very carefully to me, please. When I talked about the Declaration of Independence a few weeks ago, I think it may be, maybe it was misunderstood. I appreciate the Declaration of Independence. I appreciate the Bill of Rights. I appreciate how God orchestrated and put our nation together and has kept us, quote, one nation under God, our founding fathers, and all the, the work and the documents that they put together. I am so appreciative of God orchestrating and working and moving in men's hearts and women to do that. And the men and women who have given their lives for the freedoms that we enjoy, that are who are still serving today as our military continue to serve in, in places and in ways that, that put their lives on the lines. I am no way diminishing the importance or how, how much of a blessing those Factors are we are blessed to be here in America. God calls me to live my life not as an American. He calls me to live my life as a follower of his. In so doing, Paul lays out for us later in, in his epistle to the Romans about what that looks like. Baptism is a symbol of that. When we die to ourselves of our own freedom, of our own rights. We die to that so that we would be made alive in Christ. Galatians 2.20, it's my favorite verse. It's a verse that I, I memorized as a kid and has been my favorite verse ever since I was little. And I'm still learning what does that look like and what does that mean? I am crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live. I believe that we are being challenged today in some unhealthy ways in the rights and privileges that we share. But let me give us perspective. Even if those rights and privileges are taken away, nobody can take our rights and privileges away as we serve our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the one who we are servant of. He is the one, if you have uh, are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you have confessed Jesus as your Savior and Lord, if you've trusted him to forgive you of your sin and be, come into your life and to be your God, and as you have uh, prayed and as you've trusted Jesus, 
And those of us who have also obeyed the Lord in baptism have publicly declared. We've declared in a group of people that this is what has transpired. I trust Jesus. I've given my life to him. I've given up all of my rights, all of the things that I would want to pursue on my own. I've given that up in order to follow Jesus. We forget that. We forget about Romans 6. And all of a sudden what we do is we start to we start to grasp hold of these rights and privileges of an earthly living that may not be quite as important as we think that they are. I'm off my pedestal now, but let me encourage you. May, may God use his children, his people at this time to show what is of most importance. It's a relationship with Jesus. One that I owe him everything. I am his slave, not my own. Their prayer is to continue to speak. Remember what the, the Jewish leaders at the time told Peter and John. That they weren't allowed to speak the name of Jesus and they weren't allowed to teach it. And so in this, their prayer is, Lord, would you grant us the opportunity to speak the name of Jesus? And in doing so, they, they pray to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Here's that term again, holy servant. Here's the one who's been distinct, set apart. Uh, Jesus is, is the servant that we look to as the model uh, of how to live our lives. And so we want to become more like Jesus each and every day. And in doing that, as they're praying this, notice the, the terms that they're using. While you, verse, verse 29, it says, uh, your servant, to speak uh, your word with all boldness, while you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs or wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant. Again, it helps us to see this picture of what a bond servant looks like. It's not about you and I. It's about being able to proclaim Jesus Christ. That's what our lives should be all about. We may need to repent today. You may need to turn from your selfishness and your self-centeredness and turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I've been living life for me and I need to repent. I need to turn from that. And the great part about a relationship with God is he isn't uh, an unjust master who's just waiting for us to mess up and going to whip us into shape. No, he is gentle. He is kind. His mercy is new every morning. His grace is bountiful. And he desires for us to live a rich life. That richness is found in him, though, not apart from him. In so doing, we can confess our sin and know that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from that unrighteousness and then allows us to walk with him and to show him to others. Verse 31 says, And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Here, God gave them evidence that he had heard their prayer. When they had said, look down upon us, God is saying, listen, I heard your prayer. And so the place where they were praying, it shook. 
it just trembled and shook. And so they, they knew that God had heard them and, and it just must have given them a confidence and, and a boldness that, that they could continue to go about proclaiming. It says here to speak the word of God with boldness. What was that word of God? It was about Jesus. It was about being his witnesses. That's why we continue uh, even this uh, month to memorize the, the key verse of the book of Acts in Acts chapter 1, verse 18, that, that, that here we, we have verse 8, but you will receive power in the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and in Samaria and to the utter and to all the earth. Um, this is God's call. This was Jesus' call to them, and this is what they were doing. They were going to speak, speak and be witnesses of Jesus. We have that great privilege today and this week and the rest of our lives. Let me encourage you. Will you walk with Jesus this week? Are you, are you centered around what you want and what your day and what your will is? Um, turn from that. Turn to Jesus. He wants what's best for us. We have a heavenly father who cares so much for us that he desires for us uh, in our walking with him. He's given us parameters, his word, and in those parameters, he gives us freedom to occupy and to worship and, and, and to live and to work and to play. In those freedoms, though, there is, um, in those boundaries, there is great freedom and so we don't live life just by a set of rules or a set of laws. Uh, we live life following Jesus and his word. And in doing so, we, we find strength. We find encouragement because God does hear us. And we can see those evidences all around us. Oftentimes we are blind to those. We don't see those because we're so preoccupied with what I want, with what we want. And so, Lord, help us, help us to keep our eyes and our focus on Jesus. Again, when we look at this, uh, this text, it is so, so encouraging to be able to see God's hand uh, through the Psalms uh, and through that time period and even the prophets and the kings before to, to hear the early church and the church and the struggles they were going through as they were trying to, to speak the name of Jesus. And then it makes me think of today when we're trying to speak and to live out Jesus, uh, nothing has changed. Nothing's new under the sun. We still uh, have the same struggles. We're still walking by faith, trusting that God hears our prayers and that he'll answer us. Be confident of this thing. The Lord is sovereign. He is in control of all things, and he, he is worthy to be trusted. We can trust him no matter what takes place. As I close, I just want to encourage you um, not only to acknowledge, uh, to depend on the Lord, um, but that our life would be an expression of that obedience as well. You know, death is a very real thing, and we've been uh, confronted with that in our lives uh, on the news. And as we walk through these days, and, and I just want to very clearly share this. We're all going to die one day. I don't want to think about that. I, I don't want to think about those who I love um, dying. Um, I don't want to think about me dying and leaving behind my family and friends. But the very real truth is that unless Jesus comes back, we are all going to die. And so you need to ask yourself, uh, where, where are you going to go? Where will you spend eternity? 
you may believe that that this is it, that this world is all that there is. And for you, I feel really, really bad um, because there is more than just this world has to offer. This world is broken, it's selfish, and, and it's run by the father of lies who wants you to believe that there is nothing uh, after this world. God tells us our creator, the one who has created us and placed us here on this earth, has told us that he has provided a way to life, to live forever. Now, while we may die here on this earth, there is eternal life that is offered to us through his son, Jesus. God offered his son, Jesus, and Jesus gave his life and he died upon a cross, not because he did anything wrong, but because he loved us. He loved us, the people, God's creation so much that he went to the cross perfect and sinless, and he took our sin upon his shoulders. He died in our place. His blood was poured out so that we could have the forgiveness of sin. And so the, the perfect, almighty, sovereign Lord, um, in his judgment against sinful man, could have record. And so Jesus bought us from the slave market of sin, and he's set us free, and he's given us life. My question to you, have you accepted Jesus as your Savior? Because there is no guarantee that you'll have life here on this earth for much longer. No one, are, no one is guaranteed that. And so we can be guaranteed eternal life if we trust in Jesus. So let me encourage you to do that. That you would acknowledge that you're a sinner, that you fall short of a perfect God, but in God and his creation and his love for us, uh, even though he created us in his image, we fell away from that perfect standard. He's given us the, the opportunity to come back to him. And it's through the blood of Jesus and it's acknowledging Jesus as the one way to God the Father and to eternal life in heaven. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for your great love. Thank you that there is a way. Lord, to you, to have an eternal relationship with you, that we can experience what we read here in, in your word today, that we can experience the sovereign Lord who is in control of all, who we can acknowledge that you are the creator of all things in heaven and earth and in the seas, that you've placed us here, each one for your purpose and for your plan. Just as you placed Jesus, you brought Jesus, you sent him, you sent your son to be the savior of the world. Lord, we are so thankful that we can trust in Jesus. And if there's anyone listening now who has not yet trusted Jesus as their savior, I pray that they would do that, that they would cry out and they would ask for forgiveness of their sin for their wrongdoing, to acknowledge that Jesus is the one way to you, Lord, the one way to heaven, that they would claim the truth that they are your child, that they want Jesus to be their Savior and Lord, and that they want to have eternal life. Lord, thank you for that gift. Thank you for the way you love us and the way you care for us. Thank you that we can acknowledge who you are. We can depend on who you are. And Lord, that we can express our obedience to you in the way that we live, and that we can express our love to you in the way that we live out in obedience. So Lord, help us to do that this week. And in this day, may your blessing be upon our West Hill family and friends. Lord, we love you. 
We thank you for the many blessings, the many freedoms that we enjoy. We pray for our government officials that you would grant them wisdom and humility. May they look to you, Lord, for strength, for for wisdom, for help, Lord. And we're thankful that you have placed uh, all authority in those places. And so, Lord, we trust you. We're thankful for that. We love you, and we pray this in the name of Jesus, our Christ, the Messiah. Amen. God's blessing to you upon your families. Again, happy Mother's Day. Um, We look forward to next Sunday, and I will be communicating with you more as we go throughout this week. Again, if you haven't received the email, send me a quick note, church at westhillbaptist.com, and we'll make sure you you receive that email uh, that just lays out where we're headed next in the next phase, church at westhillbaptist.com. Lord bless you. Have a wonderful day.